Good evening. Aaron Stone with the World View of Wrestling, WVOW on WVOW Logan. Hope everyone out there is enjoying their evening and have enjoyed their weekend. I know it's been a little wet, but tonight on Halloween night, we're going to be paying tribute to a broadcaster, a color commentator for high school sports, a podcaster, my friend, Nathan Bush. You know, Nathan, I don't remember when I first met him. I don't remember how we became friends. It just seemed like it was just destined to be. And as I sit here tonight, I miss my friend. His passing at 32 years of age. He was more than just a broadcaster and a podcaster and a host of a local wrestling show. He was a son. He was a brother. He was an uncle. But more importantly, even to Nathan, he was a father. And tonight, that little boy of his, Cade, turns three years old. And I can't think of another thing that I'd rather be doing tonight than talking about my friend Nathan and playing you some of the, uh, the hits and misses, as he would call it, of the worldview of wrestling. We started this show in August of 2019. Does that sound right? I believe that's correct. Looking at my notes, it's correct. This is a show. It was his show. He asked me to come on and help him. We've tried to present pro wrestling from not an ignorant point of view, and we certainly weren't going to treat our audience as ignorant. We just wanted to tell people about wrestling because in the end, if wrestling ain't fun, then what, 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 what good is it? Well, what's the point? Tonight is all about Nathan. And I know ROH, ROH, Ring of Honor, they have things going on there. They're releasing a lot of their talent the first of the year. They're doing sort of a hard reset in Ring of Honor. Charlotte and Becky Lynch apparently hate one another. The little mishap a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown when they were exchanging the titles after they were drafted to different shows on WWE. Apparently that was not the planned segment they had for SmackDown. There's a lot going on in the world of wrestling. But you know what? All of that can wait. Tonight, the time that we have, we're going to talk and we're going to remember Nathan. Recently been named as a a new inductee into the All-Star Wrestling Hall of Fame. And we'll have promoter Gary Dameron from ASW on later to talk about that induction. We're going to have Nathan's interview with... Jimmy Jam, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, that was right here on this program. We're going to have that interview. We're going to have uh, our Christmas beating special. We're going to have some segments from that. We were up here recording on Christmas Eve. We're going to have some segments from our Thanksgiving Day edition of The Worldview. We're going to have segments from the night that we were live on the air giving our reaction and review as the Royal Rumble 2019 was going on. We had a big TV right in the studio. We had Grady Babe's wings at night. It was his treat because he loved wrestling. He loved the atmosphere of wrestling. He loved basketball. He loved broadcasting. So tonight's all about you, Nathan. I love you, man. I miss you all the time. And I can't really think of a better way to start off tonight Our first episode of the Worldview of Wrestling. Man, let's see what that sounded like. 
AEW and WWE on a collision course for the top spot in American professional wrestling. We'll be talking about the hits and misses from WWE SummerSlam weekend this year, as well as our favorite SummerSlam memories of all time, and what's in store for AEW's all-out pay-per-view, as well as this fall's Fox and TNT television debuts. This is Bush and Stone, the world view of wrestling, WVOW on WVOW. Well, SummerSlam has come and SummerSlam has gone. And we have a lot to get to. But for more on what took place in Toronto at SummerSlam, let's take it over to Aaron Stone. <laughs> take it over to me. Right. I watched it live. You didn't get a chance to watch it live, did you? No, most of us in Whitman Creek did not get that opportunity due to a power outage. But uh, I was able to catch it after the, after the fact on the WWE Network. Uh, so SummerSlam, what'd you think? What'd you like? What'd you not like? Well, as you know, as we all know, the summer, uh, WWE landed in Toronto, the 32nd SummerSlam event, as well as NXT the night before. Has it been that many SummerSlams already? 32. Wow. And it was in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, that is Canada. I know they mentioned it a whole bunch of times. It seems like every other match or somebody from Canada wrestling, and they had to point it out so many times. <laughs> well, it used to be the the rule of thumb was in order to run professional wrestling television in Canada, you actually there was a rule that you actually had to have so many Canadians on your I think it's actually still a rule with Canadian broadcast. You have to have so many Canadians on your television show in order to run broadcast television in Canada. So I believe that may be a reason why every heart member ever was in WWE for a while. Well, they had plenty of them on SummerSlam, I can tell you that. Absolutely. But uh, SummerSlam, you know, you look at the card and you had a lot of great matches on the card. Great. You had a lot of big names. A lot of people <laughs> left off SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, the new all the tag teams, New yeah. Day especially. One Nakamura. tag team match if you count the pre-show. Right, and that, that was thrown on that morning. Yeah, I mean uh, Nakamura, The Miz. I mean, even the Undertaker wasn't on there. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. I forgot all about him. Where was he? Yeah. And, but you look at the guys that were on there, and you look at the event overall. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a great show. I, I thought, you know, a, a B plus. I'm going to say that I felt that it was a good show. However, Extreme Rules last month to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. was a far superior show, but. If you look at Extreme Rules, Extreme Rules was the culmination of a lot of feuds mm-hmm. and a lot of stories being wound up and being told. Mm-hmm. Whereas SummerSlam to me felt like there was a lot of beginnings. They went back and the Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston story is being told from the past to now. And they're still continuing it as we move along here. It's still going on. And I felt like SummerSlam was more a lot of starts than it was your feud culminations that you used to get. A lot of in the middle stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All of that's true. And you know, you and I did our own predictions. We did. Obviously two of the of the of the matches on the card we weren't able to predict because we didn't know they were gonna happen. But uh nine out nine wins, one loss. Yeah. And that was the main event. Seth Rollins challenging Brock Lesnar for the title. He beat him. Yeah. Surprising. <laughs> Very surprising, if you ask me. Um, of course, for those that don't know, Paul Heyman is now 
the like head associate in charge of creative for Monday Night Raw, executive director. I yes, if I want to get particular, <laughs> I can't. I think, is that what they call it? I, I assume okay. Eric Bischoff is now in charge of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got two different shows here. They're still kind of sharing talent, but uh, from what I've read, Paul Heyman is not interested in having Brock Lesnar as. The champion. He wants the champion there every week. He does. He does. And to me, I love that. And Seth Rollins winning the title back to me felt like, um, let's just go ahead and get the money in the bank off of Brock. Let's let him get the universal title. Seth will get it back. Uh, we don't know when we'll see Brock again. He could show up next week. He could show up in two two months. You don't know. But. Overall, I felt SummerSlam was a, a good show. I'm, I'm not going to say it was great, uh, but it was better to me than like most SummerSlams. Because yeah. if you go back to like the late 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, like 2010, oh my, that may be the worst SummerSlam in history. There was there were some bad ones. Yeah, there were. And uh, this wasn't one of them. This wasn't a bad No, SummerSlam. no, not at all. Wasn't a great one, but it wasn't a bad one. No, but I'll tell you what was great, and you kind of mentioned it, was NXT. NXT TakeOver, and if you haven't watched NXT TakeOver, go out of your way. Go see it. NXT always delivers. I don't think I've ever seen a bad TakeOver. Anytime that they say, hey, we're going to have NXT TakeOver, be prepared because you're going to see a great show. Well, I guess that wasn't too bad for the first episode. Still to come on tonight, a night of Nathan. We have promoter Gary Dambrin from All-Star Wrestling going to come on to talk about Nathan's induction into the Hall of Fame with ASW. We have, of course, Nathan's interview with Jimmy Jam Garvin. We're going to go over some Christmas holiday specials, some Thanksgiving Day holiday specials, and when we return, we're going to have Halloween Havoc Mayhem. I'm Stone, and this is the World View of Wrestling. WVOW on WVOW Logan. You know, Nathan liked to have fun with me. I one time on the show, I got stuck with a stammer. I just couldn't get something out. And he decided he thought he sounded just like the riff from LaGrange. Yes, that was what he dubbed La Stone Grange. He would play it all the time. We'll be back in 60 seconds. It's me, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. My favorite tag team is Nathan and Aaron because they're on radio station WVOW, the worldview of wrestling. It's unbelievable, baby. <laughs> well, I started this dance in my neighborhood. Now everybody's doing it because it feels so So it was on October the 27th of 2019. We had already been doing the show for a little while. We had started pretty much doing a gimmick for every show that we were doing every month. And of course, October came around. What what better to talk about than Halloween having? We planned to talk about our favorite points and our favorite 
memories and matches of Halloween Havoc, and we do. But it all started with, on October the 27th, we were broadcasting on the anniversary of the dreaded Chamber of Horrors match. So, a little wrestling history for you here on the World View of Wrestling. This This day day in wrestling wrestling history. history. And 28 years ago today, in 1991, I was one year old, one of the worst wrestling concepts made it to air. Jim Hurd, if you're out there, thanks for this. Uh, The Halloween Havoc pay-per-view in 1991, the Chamber of Horrors match, featured Elegante, Sting, and the Steiner brothers, they defeated Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, better known as Scott Hall or Razor Ramon, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Vader. They did so by putting Abdullah the Butcher inside of the smaller cage into an electric chair. They electrocuted him. They electrocuted him on live television. And the funniest part about it, if you go Just back and watch, Just if you awful. go back and watch the switch. Don't go back and watch it. No, yeah, go back and watch it. Go back and watch it, because, <laughs> but, but don't do it more than once. Don't show it to anyone that's not a wrestling fan. It is embarrassing. The switch to start the electrocution kept falling during the match. <laughs> <laughs> and they did so. The referee actually climbed the cage one time and put it back up. And then, as Cactus Jack was climbing to turn the electrocution switch on because they thought they had Rick Steiner in the seat, it fell again, and Cactus Jack lifted it up and then pulled it down to turn it on. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, four WWE Hall of Famers in that match, and uh, could be five if Vader is posthumously inducted. But Well, we're talking about uh-huh. Halloween Havoc. We need to get some Halloween Havoc music. That's right. 30 years ago, Halloween Havoc, there were only 12... Halloween Havoc pay-per-views ever. Yeah. The the first two were in NWA. Yeah. And then WCW came about, and they did the last 10. There was some good stuff on there, man. There was. Oh, there was some bad stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go back to one of my personal favorites. What you got? I got Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, title versus mask for the Cruiserweight Championship. I just watched this the other day. That was Halloween Havoc 1997. That's one of my personal favorite matches. That it's so good. It, it really, really is. Was now I didn't watch that one. Was that the one where he was? What his costume was a comic book character? Yeah, it was the purple bodysuit Ray wore. Was that the parasite from Superman? I think so. And that's yeah, that's really really cool because that's not one of the big. Anyway, that's not one of the big big villains for Superman. Yeah, and that was a good a good memory from Halloween Havoc. If you go back and watch the great Muda and Terry Funk from the inaugural Halloween Havoc team up to face Sting and Ric Flair with Bruno San Martino as a special referee, Ole Anderson in the corner of Sting and Ric Flair, and really Gary like Hart. A, Gary Hart was in the corner of uh, Terry Funk and Great Muda in the Thunderdome cage. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the precursor to the Hell in a Cell. Now, what if they made the Hell in a Cell that bar kind of cage and it was red? I may accept that. That's fine, isn't it? It, it might be because it's the red cage makes it hard to see with the chain link. But like that, it would be different. It'd be like the old blue cage they used mm-hmm. to have. And mm-hmm. I was okay with that. But I like the Thunderdome cage. Um, 
Any good memories you have from Halloween Havoc? Well, some of the ones I remember, like I think of uh, Halloween Havoc 1995 because you had the giant or the big show as he would later become. Uh, he was the orphaned, illegitimate stepson of Andre the Giant or something like that. Yeah, it was like Andre's yeah. first son twice removed. That was his debut. Yeah. Uh, Halloween Havoc, he was taking on Hulk Hogan, our no, he wasn't Hollywood yet, but he was wearing, it was like he was sad Hogan. He had the black. Yeah. Hogan. Yeah. All right. Sad Hogan. Well, yeah, he's sad Hogan. They were having a wrestling match for the world title. I think Jimmy Hart turned on him. And then you had the, what was it, the Yeti or? No, 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 no. The Yeti. The Yeti. Tony Schiavone the... went on to say the reason he said it like that was because it was so stupid. Oh, yeah, it was real that stupid. That he just had to over-exaggerate it. Actually, I thought the finish of the match wasn't all that bad with uh, Jimmy Hart turning on him and having some of the guys coming they out. They missed it. They the, missed Jimmy's turn. Yeah, they totally did. If you watch, it, There was nothing to do about it because, I mean, that's just the footage. They totally missed it, and I watched that on home video because we didn't have pay-per-view. I watched it on home video. We got it at the little the little video rental place at Switzer. It was in a double-wide trailer right beside Route 44 mm -hmm. or, or Main Island Creek in between. Right there, I rented this video, and I watched it when you had to wait for the video to come out, and they totally missed it. And they knew that they missed it, the yeah. commentators. And there's a, the people in the audience were telling The ref missed it. The cameraman missed Everybody it. Everybody missed it. <laughs> Because they were so busy with the camera trying to put it on Ron Reese, bless his heart, dressed up <laughs> as a bad mummy. Oh. And then they began this awkward choking of Hulk Hogan the in big, the ring. The big group hug. It was a huge group hug. It was it was worse. <laughs> and you know what? We completely skipped over the fact that before this happened that night, earlier in the night, uh, the big show, the giant, whatever you want to call him, after losing the monster truck sumo match on top of Kobo Hall. This is so stupid. They welded them together. I didn't yeah. know that they did that with monster trucks. I always saw them just, I thought they were going to be jumping the stuff, but when I was a kid, you know, I mean. It's a wrestling show. Why are there monster trucks? Well, you got a big monster, whatever. It doesn't and matter. And then. He got knocked off the building. He fell off the building. <laughs> he fell to his death. <laughs> But lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, he was all right. He was fine. They never even mentioned. Never, never mentioned, mentioned his death. He fell never off, mentioned that he, he fell. Fell off a Kobo hall. He didn't just uh, fall off of like you know a building. He fell off the top of this building. It's a it's a an arena. It's where yeah. Oh my! <laughs> it's where the Pistons play. It's awful. The Sheik had run there years before. Oh my goodness! Now that was the same pay per view. My favorite Halloween Havoc. Ric Flair and Sting. There's a there's a little bit of a thing going on yeah. between those guys, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. They took on Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman, the big double cross, Sting. He's fighting the match by himself because supposedly Ric Flair was attacked by his former best friend, Arn Anderson. And yeah, Brian they had Pillman. done the match the month before, Arn Anderson versus Ric Flair. Really at good. War Games, Fall Brawl. Yeah, it was actually very good. This was cool because Ric Flair, of course, turned on Sting for his buddy Arn Anderson. And. This led to my personal favorite four horsemen lineup of Flair, Anderson, Pillman, and Benoit. I'm I'm a classic guy. I'll take. Uh, well, of course, anybody could be into the original. I'm not the original, actually. I go Flair, Tully, Arn, and Barry. That's my favorite. Yeah, well, whatever. So uh, also on ninety five, <laughs> not to blow it off or anything. Uh, ninety five, 
little opening match for the TV title, Johnny B. Bad, Mark Marrow, or the ex-husband of Brock Lesnar's wife. <laughs> we want <to laughs> However you want to put it. Uh, he defeated Diamond Dallas Page. I remember this program with these two. Uh, is, I think it started... I think this was the first match. I loved it. Johnny took DDP's belt. Wait, wait, wait. Was this down on his luck DDP that had had all this belt, money yeah. and lost all lost it all? Took his belt. Then he lost the Diamond Doll. Yeah, lost Kimberly. 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 Lost, yeah. Then DDP lost all his money to Johnny. Yeah. I remember DDP would come out to wrestle. He had holes in his tights, and he had the the, 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 the nub. very nub cigar that he used to come out with. That was just looked like it had been smoked twenty four times. It all started on that Halloween havoc. It, it did, did. It, and I remember the promo leading up to that when Johnny was supposed to come to get his title match. I think it was at six oh five on Saturday night with Saturday Night Wrestling. Yeah, uh, he came on there and he was late. And he shows up, he's got oil on his face and the hands, he's grimy, and he's like, I had a flat tire. And DDP's like, it doesn't matter, man, you're late. Yo, I don't care that you had four flat tires. I didn't say how many tires. <laughs> <laughs> Love Classic. It. Classic. Great, great, great. Those are some of our Halloween Havoc memories. Good, bad, and uh, in the case of uh, I would, I would 95, also, the ugly. Right. I would recommend 1993, Vader and Cactus Jack and a, and a genuine Texas death was a good match. one. Oh, yeah. The Road Warriors and the Skyscrapers. You let everybody know who no. the Skyscrapers are. No, don't watch that match. Oh, what? It wasn't that bad. Any match featuring Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey, <laughs> I will gladly pass on. Oh, man, Teddy Long was there. That means there was a tag team match, playa. Well, the worst one. Well, I don't know. You had Piper and Hogan had a steel cage match. I actually didn't mind that because Randy Savage jumped off of the top of that cage that night. He did. And he fell for what felt like 10 years off of that cage. Oh, my. I believe Piper debuted in WCW the year before at Halloween Havoc. Yeah, and, and then fought Hogan at Starcade 96 that year. Beat Hogan every time they wrestled in WCW, I remember. Never for the title. The title was reason, never on the line. But just whatever. Uh, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior had their return match at Halloween Havoc. Now, this, 1998. Is one, this is one that they should probably just cut from the pay-per-view on the WWE Network. Uh, they should They should actually take uh, so Halloween bad. Havoc 1998 and just remove it from it's, history. Hogan was supposed to be doing a, a flash paper. Into yeah, the flash paper went off in his hand. It burned his eyebrows off. Burned his eyebrows off. And Hogan's. Then, Hogan's yeah. eyebrows. And then they did the Horace Hogan angle. Yeah, you heard me. Halloween Havoc 98, it, if it comes down to that or watching something else, pick something else. It's, it's Or not just good. get the Goldberg DDP at the end. Which nobody got to watch that. Yeah, isn't that off? That was the one that got cut off because they went too long. They went uh, on the three hours and fifteen minutes, and they didn't extend oh. the window. They had to give that match away for free on Nitro, and it was the best match on the card, which ain't saying much because it featured Bill Goldberg. But nevertheless, it was one of the best matches he ever had. Well, the worst. Probably, it was the best match he ever had. It's not as bad as the Chamber of Horrors. No, nothing's that bad. But Sting. And Jake the Snake Roberts. It oh, was a wheel man. of death. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Yeah, that that's never worked. All the matches on the wheel, and it lands on the coal miner's glove. And I asked you, do you think that they really? It was like no, a legit. <laughs> and you were like, no, it was planned to do that. I was like, well, why wouldn't they just schedule it like that? Why would you? Everybody had to be let down. They're, they're oh. like, it's the. 
It's a coal miner's glove match. Now, the coal miner's glove match would have drawn, you know, in the 70s. That would draw. That was a good drawing card. That was a big match because... Is there even such an actual thing as a coal miner's glove? The whole concept I mean, of if coal miner's... The whole concept of a coal miner's glove was supposed to be a glove that's got the metal endings to protect your fingers. If you're working in the coal mines, that way if something falls on it, it doesn't hurt your hands. It's like a steel toe boot. I have never seen this apparatus on any... It's wrestling, man. I've never seen that on a coal miner. I've never heard a coal miner's like, man, I left my I left my mining gloves at home. Like, it's like, oh, I got an extra pair. That's a, whatever gloves you have on. I'm, You're talking about a sport where a man was pushed off a Kobo <laughs> Hall and he won the world title later that night while oh. helping a mummy choke Mr. Nanny. I'm surprised that they even got it all on film because they missed everything else. You're telling but, me, but he did. Uh, Jake the Snake did take a cobra bite. At the end of it. And then disappeared from wrestling until 1996. That was his last match in WCW. There you go. Not as bad as the Chamber of Horrors, but bad nonetheless. Uh, you know what? Chamber of Horrors was better than Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins telling a sales ending. I said it. No, it was not. All Did right. you take that back I right now? You know it's not true. I will not. And we will be right back right after this on WVOW, the worldview of wrestling. I'm Bush Stone. We'll be right back. We're back on the World View of Wrestling, WVOW on WVOW. And now is one of our favorite segments on the show, Mr. Aaron Stone. Stooge of the Month! And this month's Stooge of the Month, I believe we were unanimous in our voting. WWE 2K20. Absolutely. My goodness. It's a new video game from WWE oh. and our folks at 2K, and apparently there are so many glitches. It's terrible. They're actually giving refunds. Yeah, it's bad. Um, apparently they tried to rebuild the game from the ground up. Didn't work. Well, <laughs> you, could, you could see more of that. Go to YouTube and just search WWE 2K20 glitches. There are thousands. Yeah. There's a lot, and uh, I normally get the video games. I didn't pre-order this one. Mm. Good call on my part. Well, I, every, well, the funny thing is the people who are playing it seem to be having a ball, so I'm, I'm, su I'm suggesting they probably got their money's worth. I'm sure. I still say that Ric Flair, Sting, Four Horsemen tag team match from 1995, uh, still one of my favorite angles on... WCW and Halloween Havoc. You're listening to the World View of Wrestling now, but coming up later, we have spooky tunes between 6 and 8, and at 8 o'clock, the Night of Fright, right here on WVOW, begins with the War of the Worlds. Now, we're going to run all the way through midnight to satisfy that spooky bone you may have, so stay with WVOW-Boo for all of your tales of terror tonight. When we come back, we have Gary Dameron on the phone. We're going to be talking about ASW Hall of Fame induction of Nathan Bush. So stick around for more on the Worldview of Wrestling, WVOW on WVOW. We 
have ASW promoter Gary Dameron on the phone. Happy Halloween, Gary. Hey, happy Halloween, Aaron. Well, you know, I I, I hate that um, circumstances are as they are this evening here on the radio and uh, with the ASW family and with the WVOW family with the passing of of Nathan Bush. Um, you know, I wanted you to kind of come on and, you know, kind of talk to us a little bit about how did Nathan get started with ASW and uh, just what kind of legacy is he leaving with the promotion? You know, Nathan came to one of our shows down in Logan. We were at the, um, we did the West Virginia Freedom Festival back in, it was probably like 2009, 2010. And uh, he came to one of our shows and he enjoyed it so much that he bought a ticket to come to our next show, which was a month later in Madison. And uh, so he decided to come over, he and his friend Josh. And uh, they they came in, <clears throat> and we needed some extra hands that night. And so him and Josh jumped in and helped out, and the rest is history. They, they became regular uh, staff members of ours and, and was a tremendous help to us. They were a big part of our, our production you know, coming alive like it did. Um, they had so many ideas as to how to, you know, do the lights and how to do like an entrance way on the stage. I mean, all that was their idea. So uh, they they really, you know, helped us out tremendously. As far as Nathan goes, um, Nathan was the guy that always would call me up late at night before a show and say, "Hey, you know that that issue that you're probably going to worry about tomorrow." I've already taken care of. Right. <laughs> so um, he he would always, you know, he was really good about that. And just a great, great help to me. You know, in anything that, that we needed done, he was already on top of. You know, he and I pretty much went together like oil and water at first. Uh, he He's kind of a seat of your pants kind of guy. And I'm a, well, let's write it all down and get it worked out here. <laughs> We, it, it, so it took a little while, but before you knew it, he was the one coming to me with formats for the show. And I was sitting there and was like, oh, oh, well, I don't have to do that. He he, he loved wrestling that much that right. he was willing to do whatever needed to be done with anybody around him to make the show better, make it easier, uh, and make it, in our case, make it better to listen to. In your all's case, make it, make it uh, better to uh, hear and to see because he, he was right. working with both mediums there. Yeah, Nathan, uh, and, you know, it was so amazing at his funeral. You know, you hear all these people up talking about different stuff that he did. And, and you know, I saw on Facebook all the people that had made posts about him talking mm. about, you know, how good of a friend he was to them and how, you know, he would talk to them every day. And I'm mm. thinking, how did he have time for all this? You know, he, I... he must have been the busiest person in the world because I don't know how he had time keep up with all the stuff that he did and to talk to as many people that he did but he definitely left a great testimony behind of how mm. you know always be a good person and always be a friend to everybody that you can be a friend to i tell you what anybody had ever ran into he and i at the same time they would have probably thought we hated one another we just absolutely ripped on one another all the time <laughs> 
and uh, all, always in good fun. And, you know, we we would laugh the hardest when we thought the other one gotten the worst one on us that day. And it was just that's the kind of guy he was. Uh, always fun, always a good friend and uh, incredibly, incredibly busy. <laughs> I, I would get I would tell him all the time. I was the one that invented telling everybody I was busy, Don't, but he really was. <laughs> all the stuff he's, he was involved in and all the people, I mean, people from all over the world were mourning his passing. It's amazing. Um, when he passed, I was getting text messages from a lot of, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the big star wrestlers that were texting me and saying that, you know, hey, we hated to hear about Nathan. And they referred to him as Nathan. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, hey, your friend or... You know, we hated to hear about the passing of one of your people. They, yeah, you're the commentator, they referred to him yeah. as Nathan because yeah. they knew, you know, they, they just got familiar with him at the show. So, yeah, that was, that, that was pretty cool. And in his honor, you have inducted or going to induct, you've already announced the induction of Nathan Bush into the All-Star Wrestling Hall of Fame. Tell us a little bit about that. There's nobody any more deserving than him. He... um like I said, he uh, you know was was such a big help, and he loved ASW so much. Um, like I say, he um, he was always there to you know if, if something needed done, and he was busy doing a job. He would okay, let me do this, and then I'll get started doing that. And um, I mean, he just went out of his way to try to make everything as accommodating, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wanted everything to be as, as perfect as it could be. So, uh, you know, when, when all this happened, and I, I knew immediately that that's what we wanted to do, I said, well, he is definitely deserving of that honor. So, we, you know, we will never forget him. That's for sure. We will never, ever forget him. And this is definitely a way just to, just to show, you know, his memory and, and to honor his memory is to put him into our Hall of Fame. When is that induction? It's going to be at your anniversary show, correct? Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be April the 9th. That's mm-hmm. what we're shooting for, and that will be in Madison. Yeah. So. The, the the Boone County attraction of all attractions there, ASW Wrestling. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> right. If you, and if you're just tuning in, I'm talking with uh, Gary Dameron, uh, promoter, uh, owner, founder, all-star wrestling uh, you've you've seen his shows in Boone County. He's been in Logan County. He's got. Uh, sh- do you have any shows coming up here soon? We do. We're actually running November November the sixth. We'll be in Madison with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and uh, the NWA legend uh, Magnum TA. Hmm. So uh, all of our ASW guys are going to be there. We're going to have a Survivor Series match. It's going to be a, uh, a fun night. Um, in December, we're doing a show in honor of Nathan. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a show called, uh, we're calling it the Nathan Bush Memorial Cup. Oh, great. And uh, that's going to be a tournament. That'll be held down in Hearts on December the 8th, or December the 18th, I'm sorry. December the 18th. And, you know, you were talking about that Survivor Series match coming up uh, the, the, on the 6th. And um, oh, is that going to be a four-on-four or a five-on-five? That will be a four-on-four. Four. Nathan and I, we picked our uh, our fantasy uh, Survivor Series teams that we would pit against one another if we ever were uh, had all the uh, had all the magic in the world to pick anybody we wanted 
uh, living or past. Um, I still think I had the better team, but you know what? I'm going to say that he probably would have beat me on that. Um, <laughs> and, of course, he had Brett the Hitman hard, hard on there. That was always his, his favorite wrestler, the Hitman. Oh, yeah. Well, Gary, we appreciate you uh, coming on here this evening. Uh, it, it is Halloween, and we're we're celebrating Nathan Bush, uh, my broadcasting partner, your uh, color commentator for uh, uh, ASW. He was the uh, he was the man, and uh, he, he was. he's still sorely missed. And uh, I, I'll give you the final word here on Nathan before we before we go to that uh, Survivor Series fantasy team picks here between Nathan and I. Go ahead. Well, I'm just, I'm just thankful that uh, you know I got to know Nathan. I'm thankful that he was a part of, of what I did, and and my company and, and me as a person is, is is a better. I'm a better person, and my company is a better company for having known Nathan. Gary Dameron, ASW Wrestling. Thank you very much for coming on, Gary. Thank you, buddy. My pleasure. Let's move on. We got an interesting concept for this episode. We are talking about now classic Survivor Series moments, but when it comes to Survivor Series, I think it's always fun to kind of fantasy book or, you know, what can you do? The rules for what Mr. Stone and I are going to do. We are both going to draft a Survivor Series team. Uh, five on five. Teams of five strive to survive. We're gonna we're gonna pick captains and, yes. and, and, and the, the four yes. the partners and whoever wins the coin toss will pick their captain first and then we'll just go back and forth. And you I, have you our know, coin, I see. I could not find a coin, so what I'm using is the WVOW door should've key. Should have used a donut. <laughs> we got plenty. Chocolate side up. Yeah, is chocolate me. side up is good. Well, I don't want to waste a donut because as soon as we uh, are able to get away from here, I'm going to get some donuts here. It's a late night. It got to have is. something it here. Is. We got Jimmy Garvin coming up. Absolutely. Anyway. So anyway, okay. <laughs> Anybody knows the door key up here? They're going to get this anyway. The uh, if it lands on uh, WVOW door key, that's your side. All right. And then I've got the speaks volumes sign. Indeed. All right, so here we go. Oh, you go first. All right. All right. And uh, at home, you will get the chance to vote for whomever you think is the best team. You can vote on our Facebook page. uh, That's WVOW, Worldview of Wrestling on Facebook. Go check it out. You can vote there. I have first pick. I'm picking my team captain, the greatest of all time, in my opinion, as a professional wrestling fan, and this can be anybody from any time, anywhere. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. That is my pick. All right. That's a good pick. Thank you. A little bit. You've got notes and stuff in front of you. Oh, I'm, I'm prepared. I I've, see you. You're ready for this. I have You're like that guy that's really ready for that fantasy football draft. Well, yes. Yes, in a way. <laughs> I have, I've got my notes. <clears throat> now, my captain. Okay. For Team Stone. <laughs> what a clever team name. Well, we, we, we spent so much time <laughs> picking the people, we didn't, we didn't bother with that part. Well, my all-time Survivor Series captain. Okay. The Fabulous Freebirds. All of them? Well, here, here, it's the Survivor Series Freebird rule. Okay. 
one of them will be actually in the match. Okay. The other two is Team Stone's corner men. Okay, so which one's in the match? Well, I'm going to say Jimmy Garvin's going to be actually going into battle here. Okay. Yeah. And Gorgeous so, Jimmy. And then uh, Buddy Roberts or Terry Gordy uh, and Michael. You know, all of them are going to be there. And okay. uh, Jimmy well. will be on the apron. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of outside interference. So an interesting strategy. Well, I think you see what my plan is to how to win this match. I do. Cheat. <laughs> what, what's, what, what's the saying? Uh, win, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. I mean, it's going to be, a, you know, it could be up to 10 falls here. You know, could so. be. Could be. Uh, my next pick for Survivor Series team member, the excellence of execution, Brett the Hitman Hart, my all-time personal favorite pro wrestler. Bret Hart is my pick. Maybe if I wouldn't have put so much thought into who to pick, then I probably would have just picked a whole bunch of top guys. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, all right. I like winners. My pick two of all time. Okay. If we could do this, which there's about as much chance of this happening as, you know, anything else. Okay. Good. <laughs> Early Ron Simmons. I like that pick. I, I, I actually I like that pick. Ron Simmons was a beast. And his music was killer. It really was. It was fantastic <laughs> music. I really enjoyed it. All right. So we've got the Freebirds and Ron Simmons. And we got Bret Hart and Ric Flair on my side. My pick yet again. So let's see. I'm going to go a little off the wall here. Uh, you know, unlike you who sticks to the program, I'm going off the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're sticking right with it. Uh, I'm going to take a guy who I know, and he's a fantastic uh, in-ring talent and probably one of the craziest dudes you ever want to see, the bad man from Border, Texas, Stan the Lariat. Hanson. Yes, Stan Hanson. Well, I need to go ahead and pull my Texan out here with my third pick. All right. And, baby, we're going with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, well, look at you. Changing the game a little bit. Well, there you go. Dang, I put some thought into this. Yeah. I put some thought. Yeah. So, all right. Stone Cold Steve Austin officially off the board. And people are sitting at home right now just, like, throwing their radios out the door. <laughs> like, how did Stone Cold get taken in the third round? <laughs> well, I was afraid. You, well, I mean, you know, you want to get the fabulous, the, you know, the Freebirds in there somehow. Okay. And, and I, okay. I picked them. They're, they're my, that's my captain. All right. All right. Hey, <laughs> go for it. Um, my next pick has a special place in my heart growing up. I'm currently wearing his T-shirt. I'm taking one of my all-time favorites, the Great Muta. Great Mute. Yeah, the Great Muta. The Mute. All right. Well, Gary Hart will be in his corner, of course. Very anticlimactic uh, pick right there. Well, you can call it anticlimactic all you want. We'll see who wins the votes online. Okay, my fourth pick. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see who's going to win online. My fourth pick, The Rock. Man, Austin and The Rock. Oh, Look yeah. at you. Fabulous Freebirds. Ron Simmons. Early Ron Simmons. Early Ron Simmons. No butchery. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
and The Rock. That's my team so far. We've got one more pick. You've you got mm-hmm. next picks. I Ooh, do. Name them all. My the final pick is the pick of picks, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. The pick of picks. This man is legendary in the world of pro wrestling. The Undertaker is my last pick. Well, good for you. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Grabbed another Texan while I was at it, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. <clears throat> Your final pick, my good man. Never thought that you were actually going to take somebody off my list. Well, I did. And you did. So I'm going to go up with my backup guy. In case you, the, this is my first backup guy. Okay. All right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm you, Cesaro. Oh, man. There you go. You know me and Cesaro. That's my boy. I love Cesaro. Yeah, he's Team Stone. I guess he is. Out of here. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Stone and I have drafted our Survivor Series teams. His team consists of the fabulous Freebirds, early Ron Simmons, Stone Cold, and The Rock, and Cesaro. As uh, he mixes it up there, I go with Ric Flair, Brett the Hitman Hart, Stan Hansen, the Great Muta, and the Undertaker. The Great Mute. Nobody took Hulk Hogan. No. Nobody took <laughs> uh, Andre the Giant. Nobody yeah. took Rick Rude, uh, Mr. Perfect. I, I stand by my sting? choices. No Sting. I, I, I stand by my choice. Nobody took Repo Man. I mean, it's got, really, it's strange. I've got the the Swiss Superman. You do. The Texas Rattlesnake. Hmm? The People's Champ. The Tooth Fairy. Bad Street USA. All of them. Yeah, all of them, yeah. And early Ron Simmons. <laughs> I like how you're emphasizing early. Well, I mean, there was distinctly two Ron Simmonses. <laughs> I've got fo- I've got pre you, you don't have you you don't have the nation of domination. You've got the bad man that played defensive line for Bobby Bowden at Florida State. Well, between there and uh, his uh, world title, his first world world title. Yeah. Well, I guess it's his only world title. Yeah, right? in ninety ninety two, he beat Vader. But I, I, I was a fan of Ron Simmons as well. I, I like him. Well, that's he's, how he's a super I nice guy. I remember that. Too. Super nice guy. Great guy. It's the Royal Rumble! This is Rocky Rage, one half of the ASW Tag Team Champions, the Yeats of Rage, and you're listening to World View of Wrestling on WVOW Radio in Logan. All that and more. I'm Bush. I'm no. I'm Stone. You're Bush. <laughs> we don't. Do it. It's a long day, folks. I was here at six o'clock. Just go to break. You would be correct if you are wondering if he ever let me live that down. No, no, he, no, he did not. Aaron Stone back here in WVOW Studios. We're getting ready for the night of fright coming up in a couple of hours. Stay with us though. At six o'clock through eight o'clock, we got spooky tunes for you here on your Halloween night. We've been looking back and paying tribute to my friend, broadcaster here at WVOW, podcaster, and an all-around good guy, Nathan Bush. We've been talking about him tonight. We've been uh, celebrating some of the uh, hits and misses of our times here at the Worldview of Wrestling. 
for instance, you know, with COVID-19, when it came in, there was some times there that uh, one or the other of us could not be in studio due to being quarantined because of a possible exposure. Here's one of them. It's the world view of wrestling. I'm Nathan Bush live in studio coming at you from an undisclosed location is Aaron Stone. And if you can't tell, Aaron Stone's normally the one that handles the controls after I just destroyed the beginning there, hitting the wrong button out of the gate. But Mr. Stone, it's another episode of the worldview of wrestling and we're back. That's right. I am from a, a undisclosed location and, um, you know, I, the reason I'm coming from an undisclosed location is because it's Sunday. And I thought, I'm not coming into the office today. You you could do the work for a little while. <laughs> of course. Let you be in control. Of course. And you saw how that went. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we learn and we, we live and we learn. And so next time uh, we'll have to have me back in there so it'll be done right. <laughs> well, all I can say to that is, uh, oh, my bad. Yes. Yes, indeed. But just a couple of creek chubs here on the radio talking <laughs> about wrestling. That's us. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into some wrestling talk, though. Do you know why Mama's Family? Oh God! Do you remember that show? <laughs> yes. Do you know why Mama's Family is better than pro wrestling right well, now? Why, why is that? Well, it's it's not that. I'm not well, arguing the point, by the way. I'm kind of with you. No, okay. Well, you're 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 picking up what I'm putting down. If you look at Mama's Family, no. It, it's not that it's got better writing. It's not that the actors put on a great performance. It's just that everybody on there, no matter how over-the-top they are or stereotypical they are or silly they are, I can name you five people on Main Island Creek alone that remind me of every one of the characters <laughs> on Mama's Family. It, I can identify with it. I know three Bubbas, two Vintons. Everybody knows a Vinton. Two dozen Naomi's. I'm just saying. That's why Mama's Family is better than wrestling. And Mama's Family is, what, 30 years old now. And uh, new current stuff right now. I'll argue, I'll argue that the writing of Mama's Family is not better than Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. I'm going to argue that because the writing is pretty bad. Are here again. I'll tell you what, on that note, <laughs> we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back right after this, apparently with uh, more Mama's Family and uh, more wrestling because we got to get to Saturday and Sunday night. I'm Bush. And I'm Stone. have a lot of gimmick matches for the longest time. Well, do you you feel like maybe they're trying to push it a little too much too fast? Maybe. Because they're trying to go, and they're trying to outdo a, a, look, when I think TLC, I think of WrestleMania 17, I think of SummerSlam 2000, I think of Mm. Edge and John Cena in Toronto at Unforgiven 06. Mm. Those those TLC matches stick out in my mind. Even the one that Edge had with uh, Ric Flair. Well, yeah, even that. I mean, wow. Miz and Jerry Lawler had one on Raw. No, it was the other one. That yeah. was a good one. Um, my thing is, we've seen so much in mm-hmm. TLC matches, mm-hmm. and the bar is set so high. Mm-hmm. Not just the women. I think the men are also having a hard time stepping up because we th- we ex- we've been spoiled to the fact that we expect them to raise the bar again. Honestly, unless they're going to kill themselves, they can't raise the bar much higher. 
Well, we definitely don't want that. No, and I don't want that. I don't want that. I mean, it's just really hard for us to expect, okay, these four women, as great of athletes as they are, and they deserve that main event spot, and they they had a good match. But it was kind of a letdown, I thought. A little sloppy. Um, of course, Kyrie Sane gets knocked out during the match. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I, I didn't watch all of that. Like I said, for me, it comes back to 25 hours of wrestling. It's a lot. I tried for several weeks. I didn't watch anything last week. Yeah. I, I mean, I just can't get I to mean, it. I mean, as we record right now, there is wrestling on television. Well, yeah, <laughs> of course there is. It's the day it ends and why. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> We're right now. It's Christmas Eve. By the way, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Bush. Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Stone. Bells were beating, ringing, hanging. The flame. We're back here on WBOW. Radio in Logan here, and we're being joined by Jimmy Garvin, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, Jimmy Jam Garvin, known by all sorts of different names. We had him on our show on Sunday, now here on Thanksgiving. Jimmy, we want to talk with you a little bit about war games. WWE has brought war games back, but you've been in a couple of war games, especially back on that Great American Bash Tour in 1989. What can you tell us about working, uh, working inside the war games cage? How was that? Uh, you know, uh, and that was 19, uh, what was, what year did you say? 1989. 1989. Yeah, we, we did it. We did a bunch of those. And, um, in 1989, I mean, as far as the war games go, I mean, we just went out there and fought our asses off and did the best we could. And I mean, that, I mean, it was like any other match unless, unless I'm missing something. I mean. What do you think of them? I mean, what's your opinion of the war games? Well, the war games to me was always a special event. Uh, In your particular war games at the Great American Bash, it was the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express and Dr. Death Steve Williams taking on the fabulous Freebirds of you, Michael Hayes, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy and the Samoan SWAT team of Fatu and Samu. Uh, It was always a special occasion to see war games show up and to see such an interesting concept, the match beyond that Dusty Rhodes came up with and really became a tradition for the Great American Bashes. I really enjoyed watching them, but I couldn't imagine well, being I mean, in not, there. Not, I mean, I mean that, that, is, that is a pretty exciting company you just mentioned right there. And, and uh, you know, the only thing you were missing were the Steiners. Where in the world did they, were they out there out somewhere or did they not come in yet? Uh, they weren't on the, uh, that particular war games. They would come in later. Or the Steiners, but that just seemed like a match that was so hard hitting, and guys would go in there and they're they're throwing maybe a little bit stiffer rounds than normal, and you got yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I can tell you that. Well, needless to say, we had a lot of fun on the show together, and I hate that what we started off together, we're not going to be able to end together. But I don't know what the disposition is of the world view of wrestling. But uh, as far as the world view of wrestling goes, this could be the last chance I have to talk with you about pro wrestling here on WVOW. I, do, I don't know what the future holds for the world view of wrestling. But I'm not worried about that right now. I want to take full advantage to thank 
my friend Nathan Bush, because he was a friend. He was a good friend. And I hope that something of what I've done here tonight has paid a good tribute to my friend. And as long as that's what's happened, then I'm happy with this being the last show. But if not, I'll continue to bring to you what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. But until we find out, good night. God bless. Happy Halloween. God bless you, Nathan. You always be with me. And that I can believe. Out of here. Hey, this is the franchise Shane Douglas, and you're listening to the Worldview of Wrestling on WVOW. Logan, catch it or get franchised. <laughs>